Welcome to the Unhealthy Car Obsession Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the third episode. Hope everyone's doing well. You are keeping well, keeping your spirits high. Take care of your uh, mental health. Make sure you take your vitamins and just take the fight to the coronavirus. Uh, it can be something that you know we can we can really overcome and the trials all over the world. Well, they just prove that. They prove that as much as we humans have things thrown at us, we can always adapt just to whatever new terrain is thrown at us and whatever new uh, challenge is also thrown at us. This week has been... Uh, quite eventful uh, in some ways for launches and in, in, in some cars and particularly the most important one for the week and predictably it's the BMW uh, M3, M4 uh, that GAT series and the news is good the news is good uh, it retains 6 cylinders it has twin turbos it has lots of power uh, initially in some markets uh, a lot of markets it's going to be rear wheel drive so a lot of tail happy fun a uh, lot of uh, days wishing you hadn't taken the M out when it starts raining uh, yeah so it it no it's a, it's a it's a it's a fantastic car it's a phenomenal car we knew it was going to be phenomenal and we knew that it was just going to punch above its weight and it's going to outdo the F80 generation in terms of power delivery, uh, just creamy smoothness from the engine, uh, better response. The weak point, uh, the, which is a concern that I had very, very, very early I had this concern actually the moment the moment BMW made the latest M5 I think it's the F90 I believe that's when I had a bit of a problem see here's the thing the F9 the F90 M5 is a sublime car it's got lots of power lots of presence just it's it's stunning it's a good car it's great but the characteristic of it like how they went about this this m5 this m5 felt very and 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 it had it had been for a while this this m5 feels just too much of a a luxury car and that's not a bad thing, not a bad thing at all, but like let's just call something that appears to be a luxury sedan, which is which is what it is it It is a sports sedan, but then it it leans way more towards the luxury department, like for instance the e thirty nine m five that is the most, probably the most perfect candidate to 
explain what a sports sedan is. That and probably the E60. But they, I think the E60 is also leaning towards a bit of a luxury thing because it has a lot of tech going on and a bit less less um involvement uh, between the driver and the vehicle. The gearbox is a weak point. The engine is fantastic. The sound. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm just gonna come forward and say it. I am not the biggest fan of uh, BMW's twin turbo straight six. Uh, in terms of the sound, in terms of the sound, I don't think it. It sounds. Uh, it sounds that great. It. It sounds a bit nasty to me. Um. That's. Like it, you know, kind of makes just one tone. It doesn't really sing and bristle, and I'm sure it can pop and bang. But you know, that's a little. We we've we see a lot of that these days. The, you know, the popping and the bangings, and uh, yeah, and in most scenarios, it actually does sound nasty, especially when it's uh, made by software or it's manufactured in into the experience of the sound so the engine's good the gearbox is it's good it's good enough that's the that's the problem it needs to be snappy all the time and and here's the thing the last m4 it had a very very temperamental gearbox i don't know how um how different the unit is in the the e92 m3 maybe uh it it, it maybe the, the m4 i know for a fact shifts much faster you can hear it you can see it when it shifts but the m3 e92 dct uh, that one uh, i'm interested in knowing if if uh, it had uh any of these quirks that the M4 or the, the, the F80 model had and just from guessing I believe they, they probably did because it's a dual clutch gearbox dual clutch gearboxes are very very weird things and you you tend to realize that the minute you drive your first ever dual clutch car you like, let your foot off the brake and you're like okay what's happening and it starts moving it's a, it's a, it's a very weird sensation to to notice but the the current m3 m4 would be much crisper if it had a reworked a heavily reworked gearbox and i believe one of the reasons uh bmw went with the torque converter gearbox is the elasticity uh, of it not not just uh because it can handle crazy amounts of torque like manufacturers if they really wanted to make a dual clutch gearbox that can handle a lot of torque they can like we have the Bugatti Veyron for that and yeah I think I think they, they're going for a more luxury car feel uh, it's very it's a very elastic feeling gearbox that you the moment you take your foot off the brake it you know pulls away immediately and it, you can even see it in the launch control of the uh, current uh, m cars with the torque converter unit the, the zf unit uh, they 
tend to leap very forward initially when they are launching and you also see this uh, similarly with the audi the audi rs6 the audi rs6 audi rs4 as well they also have zf units granted they have different uh in terms of software and uh, calibration in both cars and they probably have different deals with uh, zf but yes yeah that's that's a good uh pro that i immediately see with bmw m going with a torque converter and here's the thing uh it's it's quite interesting now uh that this car that is massive frankly is is called an m3 spiritually the m2 that that's closer to you know a, a pure three series philosophy and they're huge the cars are huge now very big and very different difference to what it used to be it's not a homologation uh you know lack of amenities in it it has everything the engine is as smooth as ever in a BMW M, which is something. It's something to marvel at. A performance car having a smooth engine is it's it's a, it's quite a feat, and oh man, it's just weird. It, it is it is just a it's a different thing now with these guys that compete in Germany uh, how we could differentiate them uh, by look at, looking at the, the philosophy of the brand the machines that they make uh, the styling cues of everything the people that were involved with the design and development of the vehicle the engine the engine how the engine is tuned what the character of the engine is and the gearbox as well so i say all these parameters because uh these rivals i'll use the compact segments these rivals audi rs4 <clears throat> mercedes uh, c63 amg the one with the 6.2 and the 92 m3 those cars have power outputs that are in a certain ballpark the e92 is lowest down rs4 second c63 first and all three cars have v8 engines that are huge all three cars are naturally aspirated and all three cars are german and i'm just i'm like i'm just trying to think of other similarities as well well yeah all, all the cars have headlights all the cars have mirrors their windows windscreen windshield wipers but then that's where four wheels but then that's where the similarities end with these guys you see because now you have the audi rs4 which is a well there's no other way of putting it it's a driver's machine it is a driver's machine it is exclusively manual 
it comes with packet seats you know it comes with the typical quattro wide body stance bigger quattro wheels uh, an engine that was just dumped right into the front very nose heavy car but it knew how to handle that and that was a pretty raw car pretty raw manual gearbox four-wheel drive something very 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 uh quirky these days maybe around 90s or 80s four-wheel drive and uh, manual gearbox cars there were there are plenty of them plethora of them these days it is a a dying breed and and the so we have the audi and then on the other end of the scale so we have the audi and the audi is it's it's the sober one it's the one that he's serious he's here to do work or he's here to look okay let's imagine they're all out for a night out on the town with friends as friends they're all mates and the Audi is the guy that uh, excuse me if, if you if you're a female and you feel left out feel free to think of this in you know vice versa terms so the the Audi is the very calm and collected and the sober friend he's Audi's the one that will get you home uh, they will get you home Audi's the one that is dependable and very tidy even in how it handles and it it makes a great sound so it you know the Audi is good to talk to all round everyone loves the Audi and the Audi is just you know it's cool and that's the thing about the this particular model that I'm talking about the B the B7 yes the B7 it has things that are wrong with it but they're very insignificant which is very odd in an Audi RS uh, product but that's the case with this one and that's why this one is the guy that everyone likes and then we move on to the E92 or the E90 M3 so now this as well okay so this has uh, a V8 engine which is high revving just like the Audi but it has a 4 liter engine and the Audi is a 4.2 they they make similar ish sort of sounds that you know induction sort of four cylinder sound as well you know though that's what these v8s make and the the, the bmw's v8 uh, although they sound similar to the the, the audi it, the bmw's v8 sounds a lot like a a maserati uh uh, v8 so the e90 generation m3 uh 
optionally it came with a manual but most people spec'd it with the DCT so I'm just going to talk about the DCT one uh, we're going to go with the spec that most people went with manuals are too rare unattainable for most people there's no point in discussing the manual M3 and a manual RS4 and so the M3 came with quite frankly the most advanced uh, gearbox out of the three like it just blew them out of the water right at that time a DCT gearbox in a you know a saloon car and they, it, it appears that they had cracked it in the E90 uh, M3 and for the E60 uh, M5 and M6 they stuck with what can only be said as the quite uh, the quite not so good SMG unit in that and yeah I just think uh, that's, that's a, it was a very advanced gearbox it blew them out of the water it shifted quicker you know, it held the revs it, it seemed to just have that dialed in composure it, it the, the M3 appears to be right like slap, slap bang in the middle of uh, the, 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 the trio of cars because the trio of cars is the, the scale and on one end of the scale you have the Audi RS4 which is the lower end of the scale and then at the highest end of the scale you have the C63 the M3 was in between from the power down to how composed it was you know how the <clears throat> the engine as well and, and and with the M3 the M3 was the very sharp uh, instrument the Audi was a a competent uh, machine it, it's the machine it feels like the one that draws the line and now the the bmw is the one that actually cuts that line it it the bmw added another uh, dimension to what the audi uh could be in a way and the funny thing is is that as, as like similar sounding that sentence makes them uh, seem they're very different very very different the m3 was it's compared to the audi it is a lunatic it the m3 is it's pretty much the guy who is who has an, an, an a drinking problem the m the m3 is the guy who has a drinking problem uh he has a drinking problem, he can drink a lot, but he can still sort of, you know, manage to handle himself from time to time, uh, which goes with that character of being very delicate. And, you know, he can be uh, very violent and then at the same time just be a pure, darty, pointed, focused machine, which is what uh, the, that BMW is. And then... The other end of the scale, we have. Well, we have the 
the cycle, the the the, the, the straight jacket. We have the C sixty three AMG. Good lord. What what like I I just wanna know how Mercedes actually ended up pulling off something like that. But it's a massive engine. Massive. Uh, it is a different unit to uh, other AMG models at the time used. Uh, for instance, the E63 and SLS AMG uh, units. Uh, and what, like, what really what what was what warranted 6.2 liters going into a compact you know uh, saloon car it was madness when it when it came out it it you know it had this very angry menacing look and it had those two uh bulging lines uh that straight down the bonnets and that's how you usually uh, identify a that that generation C sixty three. Is it DW two hundred four? Please correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm right. My my Mercedes models. Um, I'm not too great at those. W two hundred four. I I hope I'm correct. That one first generation. How I how I identify W two hundred four, the front. Uh, you know it starts to look like an angry sea creature not necessarily a shark but an angry sea creature late i think later mercs look like a shark especially the current gt63 amg in uh, saturn gray that's a great white shark there's this no other way of putting it and back to the c63 c63 how to identify it, the first generation usually was you look at the bumper when it looks like a sea creature and then you look at the bonnet and if it looks like Batman frowning then yes that is the C63 and then also the lights the headlights um, interesting the, the the lights are blacked out the the area where the globes sit uh, usually in other C-class models it's a reflective you know chromed out look but then in the AMG, and it makes it like you really notice it with the uh, xenon lights that uh, appear to you know glow blue, and the entire surround of the headlights is black. And that's how you're able to see, and then obviously with the the stance, and then seeing if it has like five spoke wheels, and if your ears are bleeding after that then that's you know that's how you know it's the c63 and oh man uh, what 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 can be said about the c63 amg what can be said about some of the world's worst serial killers or you know mass murderers that car is I don't even think the C sixty three is is it has a you know a bipolar personality. It it isn't quiet. It isn't quiet at all. It's always rah, rah. it's 
it's just bristling with character the it 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 it, it it's like a combination of both the Audi and the M3 and then you just get something mad and mental like that that's that's how i see uh those three and and that that was in the 2008 generation of of those three uh, competitors in that segment so uh, ultimately that's that's my point the it, the germans before they were very different now now we have the GATM3 we have the C63 that's coming with the four parts set up in hybrid and we also have the uh, facelift Audi RS4 now uh maybe we're going to get a you know a new generation A4 next few years and they'll update it it sort it sort of feels like they need to bring up a, a new generation RS4 uh to compete with you know the these guys the M3 and the incoming C63 because uh, the this current RS4 I think it, it's a little too lost generation even if it had its facelift and all of these cars now have four wheel drive all of them have automatic gearboxes all of them have less than 8 cylinders all of them have turbos the the mercedes gearbox sorry is a multi multi clutch uh, setup which is essentially a torque converter but it just has the the planetary torque converter got taken out and put multi plate clutches in it and yeah now they they're all the same and you go a level above look at the class above as well e class m5 r6 all four-wheel drive, all luxury cars, all V8s. Uh, granted, they are they have different uh, setups. One is flat plane, the others are cross plane. The the they're not really they're not really bristling uh, with their own characters as before. You know, the AMG is the luxury muscle car. From Europe, you know that it was actually decently put together and still can drive uh, relatively good. Uh, and after that, it just becomes an absolute, just uh, a menace. Like it, it just doesn't work. It becomes a menace. And then the Audi is the machine that, uh, that when it starts to snow or rain, nothing can keep up. It can carve you know, grooves right into the road can take the corner at speeds that you just can't, you won't dare think about in the other two. The M3, the M3 was just a pure demonstration of balance and poise and just making sure that driving pleasure is taken you know very seriously and it it's it's taken a huge priority in that car's character i skipped the last generation uh but i i just wanted to go to a generation before because i felt like the generation before really you know had 
you know, their defining characters of who they really were. And, and, and that's just, that was a fantastic era of automotive uh, vehicles. It was a great era. We saw massive engines and small cars and they still had relatively modern uh, creature comforts in them. And they still had hydraulic, you know, steering uh, setups. It, it, it was like an intermediary, you know, just transitioning from a very mechanical philosophy of life to a more electrical. It, it was like, right, it was that tipping point when we started making. And then that, that's when we, everything else uh, followed. The, the following generation, except for the RS4, uh, started getting turbocharged. And RS4 got turbocharged after that, even further. So ultimately, uh, I just want to point out that you may be wondering right now, why haven't you mentioned that beaver face? It's because everyone's mentioning it. So at this point, I'm pretty sure you don't like it. If you're a car enthusiast, you probably don't like it anyway. Uh, if you do, I mean, that's great. Uh, get the damn car then. But other than that, like, the grill, the grill's there. The grill's here to stay. It's here to stay. So I don't think I should really go into it much like further because what can I say that hasn't been said about the grill? It's it's a it's a great car. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not really keen on going to see it. I'll see it uh, when I do see it. It the this BMW really is a. Uh, it's really something, uh, you know, very soft and. Uh, not not really something that's uh, very up my streets. It's 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 good, but it's it's not quite grabbing me. You know, not quite grabbing with the. Another interesting thing I actually thought about uh, recently is the the M, the M four the F eighty M fours. It's actually very very exotic. It is a very it's the most supercar of you know the BMW M3 and even down to how it handles its temper in the corners uh, this is the pre-competition one I but I imagine the competitions on competition ones are you know almost there but just you know uh, sharpened up a little bit and to be less lethal the M3 was like you just you didn't know the M3 and M4 you didn't know uh, when it would you know start kicking the back out like out of the blue so you, you had to really take care with uh, those initial uh, models and interestingly okay so it was very exotic feeling it had 
a carbon strut brace on the engine bay. It had a carbon fiber prop shaft. Very, very, very light thing. Something that I, you know, I usually hear about on something like an SLS AMG. Carbon prop shaft, carbon fiber uh, bonnets on models like the CS and the GTS, carbon fiber boots, carbon fiber plastic uh, all over the body. And a dual clutch gearbox. Very, very, very exotic. Like dual clutch gearboxes now are moving towards uh, supercars only and very small uh, hatchbacks. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was moving to a less exotic setup. And now, now this, this M3, it appears that the accountants now have uh, gotten more control of what goes where and like where the money goes exactly and it appears that BMW have now spent more money on improving uh, the design the design elements adding more fussy design elements and improving the interior quality it looks like a step above and that has sort of taken from the other uh, things, the other elements. It appears, it appears. So with like the prop shaft is probably steel, uh, as as it was in the F eighty in later years. Uh, they they uh, changed it. I don't know if it was a recall. Maybe it was a recall, but they they did request people to change them. And they got rid of the dual clutch gearbox to have that elastic character. And also to have consistent uh, launches with that launch control. But then BMW's launch control is... Yeah, it's crap. It's crap. At times, it's crap. Actually, Audi's launch is... Like, they launch so good that, you yeah, you can actually call the BMW launch a crap system. You can call it that. And... They were going for that uh, much silkier engine, much silkier engine notes. The engine notes in this M3 is it's more tuneful. It isn't as graft as before. It just doesn't blare like before. It still sort of sounds nasty, but I will admit, I will admit, BMW M4 GTS. That sounds ah amazing. That sounds amazing. Really, really good sounding car. It has obnoxious pops, but it just works for some reason. Yeah, it works. But it's been a. It's been quite an enlightening uh, episode. Uh, I've just been. Uh, you know, just been going back and forth and freestyling and just thinking about the German rivals and what they've been like. And it, this M3 has taken me back to that period. That's it, that's what it, that's what it's like when usually when these guys do release these cars is that they just take you back to, hey, 
when the times were like these and it's just sublime motoring it's just great motoring if you can uh, work towards it and go out and look for a used E90 W204 or P7 uh, RS4 and don't get caught up in speed don't get caught up in racing get those things maintain it look after the tires and take it to a track day and make sure you burn petrol in those things because the driving experience of having those large V8s it's a privilege that a lot of people don't realize that not a lot of people have to drive a kind of car that makes those kind of sounds so that's why when you get in it it just it's something else it's really really nice to look back uh, it's been fun recording been fun talking if you sat for this long jeez what are you doing go do something i'm about to let you go uh it's been fun having you around I'll see you for the next one. Cheers.